I get nervous when I have to to speak about how trash men are, um, especially um, <laughs> in 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 the South Africa that we live in and that I grew up in and of yesteryear, if you like, and just reflecting now it's women's month it's 2020 and how we are still as backward and not progressive you know so like please bear with me if if i do uh, break in asking my questions i just want to I, I i want us to progress as men but i'm coming from a place where uh, i need you to understand that i sympathize through your pain and i may not be involved in in the the bad that men are doing out there but because of my my male privilege i'm also to be blamed you get what i mean so um let's talk about the importance of 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 putting a spotlight on on men in order to obtain gender justice okay well i think the easiest way is for men first of all to listen i think men especially in this country have this idea that as soon as somebody starts talking about masculinity and it's a black woman i speak from the vantage of being a black woman because i am a black woman as soon as a black woman says masculinity male fragility their ears have like these plugs you know and they're like uh i can't listen i don't care about what you have to say because you're not a man um and the thing about masculinity is the same thing that we see with racism you know we're all affected by racism and so we have the right to speak about racism and whiteness because we've been so deeply affected by it so i think the first thing that men need to do is to listen without having their guards up and without thinking well you can't tell me what to do um and to just get over themselves it's a very very huge thing because immediately when a woman starts to speak and opens her mouth it becomes like this is an attack on my masculinity and being a man and you know, all those kinds of things. Mm, I would agree with Rilebone. I think um, a really important starting point is to decenter yourself from a conversation. Um, and um, I think that becomes difficult for men because of the ways in which we're socialized to, to center masculinity in many of the conversations and conceptualizations of the world that we have. And so I think the, the most important thing is to understand that this is to essentially know that this is not about you um, and understand that this is not about you. It's about a, a deeply rooted and urgent societal problem that we need to resolve of which you are a part. And I think um, an important thing for me as well would be um, not for men not to absolve themselves. Um, in conversations that I have with men and particularly in the, in the, in the gender literacy um, towards uh, ending gender-based violence workshops that I have with, with men in corporates, etc. I find that a lot of men come into the space having absorbed themselves of the problem. And that's problematic because um, we, men in particular, all men exist on a spectrum of some kind of, um, you know, violence or toxicity towards women. And that's simply because of the way that masculinity is... Um, is 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 shaped and so and 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 the way that it's taught or socialized to boys, and so no man is absolved. Even the man who consider, who has never raped a woman or hit a woman, um, in some way, I call it the violence spectrum, exists on the spectrum 
of a gendered violence. And I think that it's important for men to realize that. And I like the fact that you touched on that <clears throat> because um, it, it comes to my next point. If, if you, if you um, Google masculine fragility, uh, fragile masculinity refers to anxiety felt by men who believe they are falling short of culture, uh, cultural standards of manhood. In South Africa, men are raised by women. This is a fact, okay? Now, I, w- I want to understand if, if these men are raised by women, why are we still anxious about our place in society and who sets these standards and who's responsible for these standards that lead these young men to believe and think a certain way and have this thing about them? Dean daughter, I'm a man, I can, you know? So there yeah. are a number of things, right? Um, mm. I think the, the first thing um, in terms of what you, you, you are highlighting around uh, m- m- many men being raised by women, the, the reality of the situation in, in, in South Africa is that um, many men are raised by women because women are forced into a situation where they are single mothers because we have an absent father crisis in mm. this country. And that absent father crisis is a direct result in part of, um, you know, some of our history um, as it relates to apartheid and the ways in which the black family was, was broken apart via, via the migrant labor system. So there's, there's that sort of, um, you know, layer to it. But there's also a layer of uh, men abdicating their role as parents because they feel as though they have the choice to do that. So participating in parenthood and child caring becomes a thing that is optional for men, whereas it is expected of women. And that's a, that's a function of patriarchy, a function mm. of toxic masculinity. So that's the first thing. And then the second mm. thing is that oppressive systems reproduce themselves. Um, and, and that's why socialization is an important part of it, because we are all socialized in, 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 a, in, a, in a, you know, white supremacist um, and, and patriarchal society, which tells us different and specific ideas about what womanhood is, what manhood is, what it is to be a woman, a girl, what it is to be a boy and a man. Um, even the women who are raising these boys are raised in exactly the same society and have also internalized certain messaging, right? Um, and, and then these boys are not obviously existing in the vacuum of their mother's caregiving. They're existing in a world that reinforces for them what masculinity, boyhood, and manhood is outside of the mother's influence. And these are all the things that we need to take into consideration, which is why as it relates to gender-based violence, gender literacy becomes very important because all of us need to unlearn certain ideas that we have about manhood, about womanhood, and and the, is particularly the toxic ones, in order to get to a point where we really have transformative experiences as it results to men um, in the ways that they behave towards women um, and, and the violence that they enact upon women's bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we need to remember that the parent-child relationship is only one aspect of socialization. In a mm-hmm. patriarchal society, there are also expectations outside of the home that um, are expected or uh, enforced upon boys and men. So the moment that a boy steps out of his home, there are, spe- there are certain unsaid rules um, and standards that he's expected to live up to. Uh, and mm. the thing about masculinity is that it's always calling upon you to prove something, which is where the violence comes in. Because sometimes when you have to prove something, um, you feel like you have to do it and enforce it through violence. So we see a lot of boys and men raised by women who should, we think, um, have a sensitivity towards women 
because they've been raised by a sole breadwinner and sole present parent, which is a mother. But um, there's also a shame in being a single mother inscribed by society. And so mm. a lot of boys feel like mm. because there was no parent who's a male in my household, first of all, I have to prove that I still am a man. Um, and I have to prove that I can still live up to uh, my father's name because tradition also comes into it, right? Especially in black African families where you see that um, you come from a lineage of this and that, and you have to live up to, to the name, you have to live up to the history of your family. And in order to do that, you have to do certain things which are traditionally masculine and toxic. Mm. Um, oh man, this is, this is such a, like an, you know, it's it's I, I I I get the privilege to talk to young young boys between the ages of thirteen and tw- um, and twenty four, and you know the sense that I get when I'm part of these workshops and I get in there and I ask them a question is like, do you think you are equal to a woman? And they say, no, we are not equal. We are better. Um, you know, when you speak about certain things that are unsaid in society that make young boys believe this, how can we unlearn those things? And teach, you know, the future in believing in an equal community, an equal nation, and potentially an equal republic. You know, I'm I'm laughing because I I just knowing, just my my privilege as a man is like, hey, these guys don't want to let go of power. You know, it's a power game thing. So from you, ladies, what do you think is the best way for us to actually progress from where we are? Um, I think so. There are a number of things, right? Uh, there's 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 a thing of you know, boys needing, boys need uh, positive um, role modeling, right? Because children seldom do what you say and do, and more are more likely to do what you do um, and, and model their behavior from your behavior, which is why the conversation becomes important to um, speak to men specifically and, and directly because the, the, the masculinity is um, modeled by men to young boys, regardless of any kind of thing that um, we can say to boys. So that's, that's the first thing. So men, the generation of men now needs to really evaluate and, and, and um, interrogate their behavior. I think when I, when I smash part of the, of the problem that we have is that whenever we talk about things like patriarchy or sexism, etc., men assume that this conversation is, is just for women or it's women's work um, and that um, it, it doesn't involve them, right? And the thing is, patriarchy hurts all of us men included in, in different ways. So men also benefit from, from a world that becomes more equitable. They benefit from that because patriarchy dehumanizes men in saying that this is the, this is the only per- kind of person you can be, uh, be the provider, the aggressive person, the whatever it is that it, it, you, you're modeling your masculinity towards. Whereas we're all human beings. We have the capacity to be almost anything that we choose for ourselves. So men don't even have the, the opportunity to choose that. And and I mean, um, I also talk about how I usually talk about how patriarchy um, stunts men emotionally in really profoundly uh, saddening ways and maddening ways. And and men should want to be able to access their emotional range in a way that doesn't just show up as aggression and anger. To be able to be soft and, and vulnerable, to be able to be different, to be able to decide for themselves who it is that they want to be. So that's the first thing around. Um, masculinity and the second one becomes um 
you know, the, the idea, men, men are homoerotic. And this is an idea that, that comes from um, queer feminist Marilyn Fry, who essentially saying that even straight men are, are only heterosexual insofar as their romantic and sexual relationships with women. But in terms of the people that they respect and the people that they, they listen to and adore and honor and idolize and are in awe of, it's other men. Riliboni and I can, can set ourselves on fire on the top of Table Mountain and we will not reach men in the way that you smash Africa will reach men when you say something. And this is why it's important to have men become part of this conversation and have men care about this conversation. And a very big thing that I always say in my workshops is the violence that men are enacting. There's a gendered violence, the GBV, but uh, black men in this country are killing each other um, at an alarming rate as well. And that is a function of toxic masculinity and patriarchy um, in the ways that it manifests and also harms you. Hmm. I agree with what she's saying, and I think what men need to realize as well is that basically um, masculinity is fake news, right? It's not actually a real power, because the thing about it, um, my favorite writer of all time in the world, Toni Morrison, she was saying, if you're only strong or powerful because someone is on their knees, then you have a serious problem. And she was saying that in relation to racism, but it's true as well for gender relations, right? And the thing about masculinity is that it sets itself up as an ideology or a way of thinking that is superior to whatever else women think um, and women understand about the world. But mm. it, at its core, it relies on looking down on women um, and queer people in order to survive. Because if I have to ask Smash, what does masculinity mean to you? And I ask uh, my uncle, what does masculinity mean to him? We'll have completely different answers, which is not, you know, bad, but it also just shows the inconsistencies within the masculinity framework. Everybody's kind of got different reasons and is fumbling as they go along. And yet you all have this common understanding that in order to be um, a true man, I have to set myself up as a person who's better than a woman. And so when you strip away that power, when you strip away that privilege, when you strip away all these things that are fake news, essentially, what are you left with? Um, and then you find that there's nothing. It's just frills. Um, and I think what would be really liberating for men if they began to reimagine what it looks like to be a man in a world in which everybody's treated as equal. Um, and Professor Kopano Ratele does amazing work uh, mm. in terms of masculinities mm. and men in South Africa. And I think every single man in South Africa should read his work because what's great about it is that it's very specific to the South African and Southern African context. So he's speaking directly to you guys. And if men are struggling with listening to women, then listen to Professor Kopano Ratele, okay? Mm. And he says that the way that we liberate masculinities is to have different versions of it that aren't really tied to violence and to power. And in that way, men, as Unolazi was saying, will be freed as well. Um, because the thing about patriarchy as well is that it narrows men's thinking. Being a man is this. Being a man is doing not this, you know? And you find that, oh, but I, to give a silly example, I really love to cook, but men don't cook. So now you're not going to cook because men don't like to cook. So you are already... Mm. Um, robbing yourselves of simple joy because that's not what a man does. Whereas if you were just to say, I'm going to do what I like, and because I just mm. am, 
um, if you were just to say to someone, do what I like, and because I just am, I don't feel like my worth as a man is threatened by the equality of women. It's actually the opposite is true. Mm. Mm. Yo, man, um, ladies, I just, I just want to say this. As a, as a man, I honestly do not know what makes me better than any woman out there, you know? Um, but it's something that I grew up um, believing whether it's conditioning, whether it's influence, whether I was taught. Um, and, but luckily for my case, like I did not necessarily um, commit to the fact that I grew up like that and I was influenced by my environment to believe that I'm, I'm, I'm stronger and better and faster than a woman. I just realized that was a lie. I've been sold a lie. And, and, and it comes from a place of, being worried that someone will take your position. So obsession with being number one and number two, uh, um, an obsession of control over people. You know what I mean? So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 30 something year old young black man and I am married. And in my house, there's no such thing as a woman's job is this or man's job is this, you know? Um, everyone got to pull their weight. If you got to wash the dishes and do the laundry, you got to do the laundry and wash the dishes. It's not based on women know how to wash or women know how to cook, you know, because when we all grew up to, uh, when we all grew up as teenagers, we used to clean the house and cook and wash. And before I got married, I was a bachelor. So whether I would use a helper or not, I still know how to do those things. So it, it, it like really beats me as to why, um, you know, something as mediocre as, um, giving chores like to women or boys or girls or just separating them based on gender and making that your reality when you're grown up. I think it plays on your ignorance, you know, but I understand also that influences from what family, your community that have upheld these ways of living. Of living. So like what you are saying, I, I would like to invite um, the listener, um, the, the male listener, um, to hear what, what made them believe that they are not equals to women if they did, in fact, believe that they are not equal to women. And what, what made them um, think that this is a reality? Because that's what we see. And two, I want to know, what's the obsession with always being number one? Why can't we be equal like at the bottom together or at the top together so that's 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 the 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 invitation i am giving you as a as a male listening right now so share with me on zero eight two double five zero five one five one if if in fact you do believe um you are you are better than or you are more than or you are less than a woman if you like and which I doubt any man will ever say that too. So we need to speak to these uh, truths. Uh, and in case you just tuned in, this is Live at Night on 5 FM. I'm talking about uh, male fragility and redefining masculinity. And now the conversation is ongoing. And I, and I invited Riliboni um, um, as well as uh, Noloazi to be part of this conversation. Because last week I asked men on this show, when was the last time they went through a tough time? And how long did it take them to tell someone about it? And if they, in fact, haven't shared a word about it, why they didn't share? And I got crazy WhatsApp voice notes from men who are in pain and who cannot express whatever pain or struggle that they're going through. And I don't understand why, because we all have words. 
you know so ladies thank you so much for for giving this conversation uh, uh, volume and giving it another la- uh, another layer that we all need to constantly um, question and also try and do better when it comes to our society so i really appreciate you for your time thank you for having us that was nolazi tusini journalist and gender rights activist as well as riliboni riranzu africa she's a writer and editor and um, what they express here it, it, like it speaks volumes in fact you can catch this uh, conversation if you missed it on 5fm.co.za by simply clicking on the catch up tab and i think every man in south africa listening now needs to share a link of this conversation because next week uh, when we do part 2 of this conversation we we want your views and we want your opinions um and we we want the volume and the reality that south africans are going through we are coming up with solutions to the problems that we are faced with instead of just complaining and complaining and it all starts with a with with dialogue so thank you so much for listening and thank you f- uh, to my guests for 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 allowing us to hear their insights and their views on this uh, big conversation <laughs>